Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening session of Sunday the 21st of June 2009, entitled Living and Giving by Faith, and the Bible reading is taken from 1 Kings chapter 17. Here's Brother Tom Canfield. Every Friday we get to go teach Bible also in the public schools. And so in order, in order for the students to pass, if you will, to graduate, they, they are tested on what we teach. And the only thing they, they said or they say is, I can't, we can't teach Baptist, but we can teach Bible. And so to me, that's, it's synonymous. So that's, that's not a, okay, I can do that. And the other side of that is that other, the Muslims can come teach, the Catholics can come teach. And I believe we're in 18 schools, and there are more schools open, but we don't have the people because it's only every Friday. It's during the school day. And so we have a limited number of people who can go out and do it. It's not that the opportunity isn't there. It's that the laborers are few. And so that's an opportunity to pray about with us. As we train uh, men and women for Christian service, men for the pastorate, and, and ladies, whether it's to teach Sunday school or, or whatever, that God would give us laborers that we could be in more schools. Did you catch that statistic of the age? Now Kenya is over 36 million people, and half the population is 16 years old and younger. So over half the population, we have the opportunity to go into a fixed setting that where they're going to be and, and preach the gospel, teach God's word. And, and we truly do come on down, as they say in America. Come on down. And, and that's a, a true invitation. As If the Lord leads, come down. There's great opportunity to share the gospel. Being from Europe or America, being from here, from England, most Kenyans want to come here or to America, and it gives opportunity to share the gospel. Our, our Bible Institute is now a full-fledged four-year college, and so the students can actually earn a bachelor's degree in ministry basically pastoral studies for the men. And, well, that's all we offer, so sorry, ladies, that's, we're limited. <laughs> uh, we actually get to go back to the same house we left four years ago, so we're looking forward to that. Tonight, what I'd like to do uh, is share with you a message in 1 Kings 17, and if, if I, if I would to, were to title it, it would be something to the effect of living and giving by faith. I know Pastor mentioned faith promise this morning, and it's not a new thing. And I like to think of faith promise as, I'm going to have the faith to do what God has promised to do through me. Because actually, Faith 
promise isn't me doing it. It's me having the faith to trust God to do what he said he's going to do. And I think this is a perfect picture of that here in the Old Testament in in 1 Kings. And we're going to start out in verse 8, but let me set this up a little bit. As, as If you remember, Ahab uh, was the king, and Elijah had just prophesied that there would be a drought, no rain. And so he was in fear for his life, and God told him, go to Zarephath, and that's where, where we come in, in verse 8, and it said, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And we're going to kind of stop and go and stop and go. But let's stop and pray, and then we'll look into this further. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for each one that's here. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you. I, I pray that your word would uh, not, that it would work tonight in our hearts, that, it, that you would use it to draw us closer to you, that you would use it to help us see that we can trust you with what you've called us to do and to give and how to live, Lord. I pray that you would Use it to draw each one of us closer to you that we might be better servants for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. He told Elijah, "Get arise, get thee to Zarephath. And Elijah went because there was a drought. There was no food in the land. And, and actually it talks about here that God fed him where the birds of the air brought him food. The ravens brought him meat and and I think about the economic situation in the world where everybody is saying, well, hard times are here and they're coming. And, you know, you got to save what you can save and be careful how you invest your money. And it seems the first thing we want to do is give up tithing to our church because that's discretionary spending. We don't have to do that. And basically, the church is one of the first things that always we hack off. Okay, Lord, I got to feed my family, and I need to pay my taxes, and I got to put petrol in the car, and I got to get to work. And we forget who we serve. Well, Elijah here had to have faith in the Lord when he, he went off into the wilderness, and then when he trusted him to go to Zarephath, and you might say, well, he served the Lord. He was, he was the prophet. He was the preacher. And of course, God's going to take care of the preacher. And that would be all well and good if, if 1 Kings chapter 17 ended in verse 8. But it doesn't. It goes on to say, he sent Elijah to Zarephath, and it says, behold, I have, in verse 9, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. First, you need to understand that Zarephath, that was not Jerusalem. 
for Elijah, this would have been enemy territory. And he told, God told Elijah, behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And you understand that I have commanded a widow woman, I have commanded is past tense. God had already spoke with the widow woman, communicated with her somehow at this point in speaking with Elijah. So he's saying, go into Zarephath, go into enemy territory. Go where you normally wouldn't be safe. Because I have commanded a widow woman there to take care of you, to sustain thee. And that, that, there's another word to, to dwell upon, sustain. What does sustain mean? It's not missionary Canfields come through and you've been very gracious and thank you. And, I'm not, and I don't say this for me because I look at us just like Elijah. We were in over 200 and some churches in the past three years. And if everyone would have stepped out and supported us, we'd be, we'd have an orphanage, we'd have... So I'm not, I'm not telling you this on our behalf, but for you. Get a hold of this. To sustain is not a one-time deal. It's not have... Have, have Elijah over for dinner. It's not put Elijah up for the night. To sustain was to take care of his needs. This is the widow woman, and I dare say, there's probably not a one of us in this building that are, were in the condition of the widow woman. It says to sustain, that means to take care of him day after day after day, to meet his needs. And that's a pretty tall order. Elijah, you go, and there's someone there, a widow woman, who's going to take care of your needs. Is that stepping out in faith? It is. And again, I, I would say, well, you'd say, preacher, you, you're, you serve God. You, if you can't trust him, who can? All of us can, because the widow woman, in verse 10, as we go on, we'll see. Well, let's read verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman was there gathering, uh, there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering it, gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my sons that we may eat it and die. Can I back up a second? He says, go and fetch me some water. And I'm picturing this in my mind as I read, and I think she's, okay, I'd be happy to go. And she's on her way to the well, and he says, oh, and by the way, make me a little cake. And as she's going, make me a little cake? Wait a minute, Elijah. You don't understand. You don't understand what you're asking. And so many times... Can I tell you, it's true in our lives. 
We read God's word. We may pray, Lord, what would you have me to do? Whether it be in faith promise, whether it be to teach a Sunday school, whether it be to come and clean the church, whether it be to come to work day, whatever it is, and we say, Lord, you don't understand what you're asking. I may have to give up work that day, and I can't afford to do that. Lord, I I, I told you this morning that we owned a fleet of lorries. We had 69 trucks, and I I used to run the company. I did all the budgeting for our company, and so in my house, I budgeted. And I would think to myself, because we did faith promise at our church. And I would think to myself, okay, I have this much that I do in tithing and offering. And here's my bill for my automobile insurance and my car and my house payment and all that I had to do. And at the end of the day, I would go, okay, well, I have this much left. And pastor would say, pray about what God would have you to give. And I would pray earnestly, Lord, what would you have me to give? And the Lord would lay on my heart like $100. I don't know what that's equivalent to off the top of my head. 80 pounds, 70 pounds. And I would think to myself, my budget says I only have $50, so I have half. And I would think to myself, Lord, there's something wrong here. Because there's a, there's a miscommunication you're, you're telling me 100, but I have 50. So obviously, one of us is wrong, and well, I have the budget. And I would go back to church, and I would pray, Lord, what would you have me to give? Lord, you don't know what you're asking me. I don't have $100. I can't give you what I don't have. And can I tell you, that's what faith is? is stepping out and trusting God for what you don't have, but for what he promised? The same is true in salvation. You know, it was some 2,000 years ago that Jesus Christ left the glories of heaven, came down to this earth, born a baby, grew to some 30 years of age, began his ministry, tortured, beaten, nailed to a cross, Died, buried, arose three days later, ascended to heaven, and then what? What did he do? What did he do after that? You know, he waited for you and I to act on that gift of salvation. What did that take? It took you and I stepping out in faith and trusting him. Because he can stand there all day long holding out that gift of salvation, and until you act on it, you don't get the blessing. You know what? Living by faith is the exact same thing. If God has burdened your heart to do something, until you step out in faith and do it, you don't receive the blessing. This widow woman, God told her, provide, sustain, Elijah. You know what? This widow woman almost allowed her circumstances to keep her from obeying God. Because she said, wait a minute, Elijah, you don't know what you're asking. I'll go get you the water. I'll go get you what I can get in abundance. 
I'm just going to go to the public well and I'll, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of work for me, but I'll pull you out some water. And initially she's thinking, but don't ask. Don't ask for that last little bit of meal and that little bit of oil because that's all I have. That's all there is between death and myself and my son. Because we're going to go home, make it, eat it, and die. That's it. As you go on, in verse 13, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me, therefore, a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. So what do we need to do? We need to act first. You want to see the blessings of God? You need to act first. And, and not this, it, it's not a willy-nilly, because God spoke to her and, and told her to sustain Elijah. And so faith promise or living by faith is not a, oh, I feel like. It's a earnestly seeking the Lord, understanding what God would have you to do from his word, from time in prayer, from the preaching of God's word. Lord, what would you have me to do? Whether it be in cleaning the church, whether it be in faith promise, whether it be in serving him in full-time Christian service, yielding your life to missions or the pastorate or teaching Sunday school, or Lord, what would you have me to do? And then when you have the answer, step out in faith and do it and, and see what God is going to do. I, th I talked to Pastor Curtis years ago. Well, I mean, we were here and talked about ministry and other men in the States. And I always thought that, I, well, honestly, and that's what I was telling Pastor earlier, is I never thought that I would be going to Africa. I was a businessman. My thought for missions was, I will give. God has blessed us financially. I'm going to give. And here I am two days away from going back to Kenya, trusting the Lord. And again, that's not me, it's by his grace. So the widow woman was faced with a decision. In verse 14, For thus saith the Lord, God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. In verse 15, and by the way, the scholars tell us that this was some two and a half to three years of drought. And we were already about a year into it when Elijah went to Zarephath. So it was at least a year and a half. Imagine of facing that handful of meal and that little bit of oil. And it says in verse 15, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat, what is the next word? Many, many days. Like I said, it was some two and a half to three years. What is faith? You know, I, I, I don't imagine that when she said, okay, Lord, 
You've, you've, you've told me to do this, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to make a cake for Elijah. I don't imagine that suddenly that container of meal just started overflowing, blasting out to the ceiling, just blowing meal all over the place. I don't imagine that's what happened. Or suddenly that that little cruise of oil just started blowing oil all over the place and she had to grab onto something to keep from falling because of the slipperiness of the oil. No, I bet each day, each time it was time to prepare a meal, she went to that barrel and that little cruise and each time there was a handful of meal and each time there was just a little bit of oil because faith is not a one-time-for-all deal. Faith is a moment-by-moment or day-by-day, moment-by-moment deal. You don't decide, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you, and then suddenly it's an easy road. Every, it's all roses and I don't know what else. It's not just smooth sailing. There's going to be things that come and try your faith. I told you, back for me, when I started praying, Lord, what would you have me to give? And the Lord laid on my heart $100, and I argued with him. And I finally yielded, and I said, okay, $100. I'm going to give faith promise. You know, the first month I wrote that check, and I did it reluctantly, and I put it in the offering, and it was behind me, and I thought, okay, whew, it's over. The next month, it came around, and the hot water heater, I think, went out in my house. And I'm thinking, Lord, wait a minute. You told me that you would provide. I prayed. I prayed earnestly, Lord. And I gave that $100, and I'm willing to give it now, but I don't have it. And you're not providing it. And I'm just, this is what's going through my head the whole time. And I'm arguing with myself and I'm arguing with God. God, you said you would give it. It's supposed to be you're going to give through me. You didn't tell me I had to give up. It's not in my budget. And you know what? I ended up giving up something that month. Do you know what? It seemed like not before, before long, we were at missions conference again. And I heard pastor, my pastor which you probably hear yours, up at the pulpit. Pray about what God would have you to give. And it dawned on me. A year had gone by. And God had been faithfully providing through me for my faith promise. And it wasn't me, and I still had my car payment, my everything, and it was my budget still worked out that I only had $50, but somehow now... $100 was going through my hands. Could I tell you exactly where it came from? No. But I know, looking back, God had provided for that whole year. It's, it's stepping out in faith and saying, God, I'm going to trust you. And yes, there will be times of trial. Mark it down. There will be times of testing. It's going to come. Because there's one who doesn't want you to have 
faith enough to trust God, to step out in faith and watch God work in your life. That's what was happening here. And when she did trust the Lord, day by day, moment by moment, God is faithful. God was faithful. And he's faithful today. And you may say, but brother, the story's not over. That's all well and good, but you go ahead and read on down. And let's do that. In verse 16, it says, And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spake by Elijah. And when it came to pass after these things that the son of the widow woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. Tom, her son died. Her son died after she obeyed the Lord. You know what? There was some year and a half that God took care of her and her son and Elijah through that handful of meal and that little bit of oil. Do you think that was a testimony to that son? I truly believe it was. And not only was it a testimony to him, but also to her. And what about their neighbors who knew this widow woman? And I'm sure she was known not to be a wealthy woman. And yet God sustained her throughout this some year and a half to two years. He took care of her as well. And I think, what about you and I? As we step out in faith and trust the Lord, what does, that, what does that teach my children when I trust God? When I do something that they can clearly see, my dad can't do that. There's no way. Yet God continues to provide for us. When we got back from Kenya, we, we had 600 US dollars a month. I don't know what rents are like here, but the average home where we went back to was probably for a family our size, 1,200 to 1,500 US dollars a month to rent. And so we're going back to America. And can I tell you honestly, we went to Kenya believing that's what God would have us to do, stepping out in faith. And though we only got to be there for five months the first time, I have no doubts that's what God would have us to do. And we were telling pastor, we got an email. There's four carloads of people coming to pick us up at the airport. And I think to myself, that is crazy. That is, that is crazy. What's wrong with these people? Don't they have something better to do than pile in cars and come to the airport just to, so we can go back home? But obviously, God, for some reason, put in their heart, I don't know, love, whatever. I believe God used that time that we got to be there for his honor and glory. And when you step out in faith and trust him, it's going to bring honor and glory to him. Even through this death, God has brought glory. Because if you read further down in verse 22, it continues on and it said, 
as Elijah prayed to God. He said, it says, and the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber in the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, see, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, now by this I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is true. You know what? When you and I trust the Lord, step out in faith, and then you go to tell someone about the Lord, and there's something obvious about your life that you can't do that, and yet you do. You can't afford to, you know, and, and quite honestly, doing budgets in today's economy, most of us can't afford to tithe. We can't afford to give over and above. You can't afford to give by faith. But you know what? When you do, God always works it out. Because for some reason, his math, his pencil's sharper, his eraser works better. I don't know how to explain it other than to know, say that he does provide faithfully. And no matter what he's called you to do, if you step out in faith, if you act on that, you will receive the blessing. Your kids, those around you will also be blessed. But it takes you and I acting on faith and what's God, what God has called you to do. And I always wondered, I thought about the next year when my pastor came and said, pray about what God would have you to give. Lord, how far can I take this? I've read about businessmen and, and different people who have given 90% or more of their income and how God continued to bless them to where they couldn't give money away fast enough. Can you imagine? Could, I mean, I think about that and I think, Lord, how far could I take this? How, how much can we trust God? As far as he has called you to. Mm-hmm.